All right, welcome to Pipsqueak, the cafe where we serve you delightful, slightly intense, but definitely worthwhile conversations. A podcast focused on bringing people together by drinking, listening, and conversing. So grab your favorite drink and let's see what's on today's menu. All right, people, welcome to Pipsqueak, the cafe. You know, here at the cafe, we always have a conversation centered around the drink. And today I am drinking on bourbon. Boom. And I am drinking on some H2O. Now, before I move to the guests, I want to let you all know that I'm wearing the same outfit from episode 67. That's because we are recording two in one day and I didn't feel like changing. All right. So I am joined in the cafe by Denise. Say hello. Hello, everyone. Okay. And what are you drinking on over there? Since we're still on the same day as the other episode, I still have strawberry juice. All right, strawberry Weird, juice. Is I it know. is it Sunny Delight? That cheap stuff, or what did you? What kind of juice? Is I it Minute Maid? No. Or simply orange? Because that's, that's, no, that's simply the orange. Stuff. The only one I get simply orange is just the orange flavor. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know. Sounds a little. It's good. a carton. Right. Mm. Ooh, carton. Ooh, that's like that's like box wine. All right, so you are on <laughs> episode sixty-eight. Episode sixty-eight is road rage shooting or stand your ground. Accused, guilty, or innocent. That is season two, episode four of the thingy. Accused, guilty, or innocent. Series. All right. Okay. So <clears throat> we are. On we start off here in Broward County, Florida, on mm-hmm. August twenty fourth, two thousand and nineteen. This episode opens with a woman calling nine one one. She is kind of frantic. She's saying that hurry, he just got shot. He just shot someone, and she gave the address. And then the operator was like, "Ma'am, would you stop yelling?" <laughs> I'm like, "What is? I mean." I guess you would have to work as a 911 operator to know <laughs> the type oh, of calls she just saw, get, but... She just saw a man get shot. The lady was like, ma'am, stop yelling, okay? Because I'm about to go on my lunch break. <laughs> but have you watched their their true show, the, the reality TV show in Oxygen? Who? The 911 people? Yes. No, I haven't watched it. Is it good? You have to watch Yes, it's, I like it. They're on their second season now. But you have to watch it because there's a supervisor. And I'm, I sit there sometimes and I'm like, how are you a supervisor again? Because the way she be answering the calls, I'm like, uh, but they be doing that. They be like, ma'am, stop yelling. Ma'am, I need the details. And I'm like. <laughs> well, because maybe a part of it is like we need to take control of the situation. And so we it. need to try to get what we need so we can get you the help. Okay, I get it, but still. I mean, but if that was me, I probably cuss it out. Like, bitch, you stop yelling. Use my my location. But yes, but anyhow, so, and then the lady said, the operator asked, do you know how many times he shot or how many shots were fired? She said she heard two to three shots on a crowded highway. Mm -hmm. And she said that the guy was on the motorcycle, yelled at the guy, and the guy shot him. And then... It opens up to a witness that comes on. The witness says the man in the truck was going freaking nuts. But the accused, which is the guy in the truck, said he and then he came on. And he said 
you know, nothing like this has ever happened to me, anything like this. And, you know, I don't believe that this could, if I, I thought about it and I just don't think it could have happened any other way. And the accuse in this case is Stephen Tripp. All right. So we pan out of that and then we move to the lawyer. But before we get there, Mr. Tripp is accused of attempted murder in the first degree, and he is looking at life in prison. All right. You want to take us to what's next? Yes. So then starts the lawyer, Mr. Larry McMillan. Mm -hmm. So he starts giving a account of what happened. Mr. Tripp was out driving and he finds himself in a violent driving exchange between motorcyclists and himself. They were trying to, I can't say that word, cor corral mm -hmm. or cut corral. him off. Mm -hmm. There you go. And so Mr. Tripp was trying to elude or evade them. Uh, they eventually come to a stop at Hallandale Beach Boulevard, Dixie Highway. Those of you in Florida may know. And so the female motorcyclist, she starts screaming at Mr. Tripp and starts confronting him from the passenger side of his car while a male motorcyclist strikes him from the driver's side door. So they claim that Mr. Tripp instinctively fired two shots. The bullet struck the victim on the driver's side, uh, which resulted in severe injury and permanent disability. All right. Thank you for that. All right. So one correction, though, it didn't the the motorcyclist on the passenger, excuse me, on the driver's side of the truck didn't strike the accused. The, the allegation was is that he banged on the door and then opened it mm -hmm. and then he shot. Right. So right. Mr. Tripp was never hit now physically yeah physically so we need to set this up now remind you we have motorcyclists and this kind of reminds me of that situation I, I it was a couple of years ago in new jersey do you remember that when they were mo motorcyclists there was like the bike week it was in new jersey or maybe it was florida with bike week and the guy the bikes the motorcyclists were riding you know they ride in that formation i guess the guy was impeding on their ability to do that and then ultimately he ran over um, some of the motorcyclists and, and killed some of them, but he, I think he got off as well. Mm. Do you not remember that? that was a couple of years ago? No, that was in I New don't. Jersey, I think. So that happened. But this is, this kind of reminds me of that particular scenario because we, we have my motorcyclists. And so I ride a motorcycle and I would tell you that as a motorcyclist, you are always looking, you're not riding for yourself. You're always riding for other people. Right. And I have been personally in a situation where I have been cut off by like a semi truck and instinctively I get so very frustrated because I'm like, bro, you don't you you literally fucking see me here on this motorcycle. And instead of obeying traffic and being, you know, kind, just use that word, you want to be aggressive and potentially put my life in danger just so you can fucking get over one lane when you're still going the same distance distance, and you don't need to get over, right? So I say all that to say, as a motorcyclist, it's always difficult because you, you are never just riding for yourself. You are always riding for everyone else around you, which makes your job that much difficult. But putting that aside, this particular situation involved a busy highway. It wasn't like it was empty, according to everyone that was there. There were quite a few motorcyclists. Some were in a group together. Some were just riding because typically when you are out, Nice day. Motorcycles are there. 
it's the common courtesy or the common camaraderie between motorcyclists that you can get information as long as you you know how to maintain the formation and things of that nature. Now, right. some people think that the formation is to show off, but in reality, a lot of times the formation is for a safety mechanism because when you have that formation, you form enough space as if you are a vehicle. And so therefore, mm-hmm. it's less likely that other vehicles will come in to create a situation where um, you as the motorcyclist would be harmed, right? So it's not just trying to show off and we are in formation, look at us. It's mainly a safety mechanism for the for the motorcyclists in that particular group. All right. So Mr. Tripp, though, was in a, like a F-350, a F-150. It was a large truck, right? Pickup truck. Yeah. And, and so what Denise was indicated is that there was a female motorcyclist who was riding on the passenger side of Mr. Tripp and for whatever reason she was frustrated because the allegations is from the motorcyclist is that Mr. Tripp was driving erratically and Mm -hmm. so it was as if he cut them off and so she was pissed off with that and so the natural reaction was that she was yelling at him and then apparently they came to a stop and then according to Mr. Tripp the male who happens to be the husband of the female came over to the left side of the of the driver's side and according to Mr. Tripp now we don't have no definitive evidence of this he opened the door and so instinctively he took his pistol and shot twice is that accurate sure i mean is that how they presented <laughs> it yeah yeah that's definitely how they presented it all right and one thing that the the lawyer said was that it was like a what do you say like a dance? Didn't he say something like that between yeah, the motorcyclist? Yeah, he said like a dance. Yep. Yeah, motorcyclist and Mr. Tripp. So ultimately, I kind Mr. of like Tripp, this lawyer. I don't know. Why. I know you sent me a text message saying that, but I mean, I just think that I think it was because every time he would say something, it was what I was thinking, and I was like, "You're right," you know, like that's exactly what I was just thinking, and it to me it felt like yes, he was defending Mr. Tripp, but he was seeing it from both sides. Okay, so if I present it this way, that's going to hurt me because I can't prove that. So whereas other episodes, other lawyers haven't been, I don't know, like that. I don't know. Okay. And so ultimately, Mr. Tripp is out on bail, $150,000 bail. And the individual whom he shot did not die. So that's why it's attempted murder in the first degree. And according to the lawyer, it was the male passenger who appeared to be the aggressor. And so the defense in this case is the stand your ground defense, Mm -hmm. which basically, as the lawyer articulated, it says that a person can use deadly force if they think their life is in peril. Okay. Right. So. And we, we're very okay. familiar with the stand your ground. Isn't that the same thing Zimmerman? Yes, that fucking idiot. With? Yes, yeah. exactly. And you know, a lot of these stand your ground laws, you know, a lot of people, you know, I, I, I don't know. I My perspective on this, and you can call me what you want, I think they need to all be abolished. But the reality is, is that there was a an advocacy group that essentially created, they wrote the law. And so what will happen is, is that this conservative group that was focusing on second amendment rights, right? They wrote the law up and then they, you know, kind of pass them to these different Republican 
um, senators and things of that nature from state legislatures. And so essentially the state legislature just passed them without making modifications to them. And so in a lot of these states, that's how they actually became law. And so, yes, it's the stand your ground law. And in part of the problem with, as we saw in the Zimmerman case, is that you can be the aggressor and then come back, right? And then claim that you felt that you were in peril. And so therefore you had to use deadly force. It's a little different from self-defense, right? For self-defense, right. typically, you cannot be the aggressor in most states as it relates to self-defense, because if you are the aggressor by nature, then you're the one who started it. So there's nothing that you need to defend yourself from. Right. right. And part and part of the problem with the Zimmerman case is that he was initiated by following Trayvon. He was and he approached him. He got his ass beat. And because mm -hmm. he got his ass beat, then he felt he had no he felt like he just needed to use his gun. And so therefore he was able to get off on the stand your ground law. So for those of you who listen, I don't um I don't pretend like I agree with the law because I don't think it's bullshit. So, yeah, so I'm coming from a biased perspective. So you want to talk a little bit about what he said he's been going through for the last two years, the fact he can't, he can't get a job. Well, he, he was a uh, he had his own construction company, but it was with buildings like, com you know, but companies and he would have to go out of town to do some bidding. But due to the case, he can leave the state of Florida. So that has cost them plenty of jobs. And eventually he had like a team of 12 under him, but because he can't get jobs, he had to let them go. So now he basically has no job going into his savings. His savings is going down. And so he's waiting for this case to be done and his yeah. name to be cleared. So when he said that, no offense, but I'm like, bro, why couldn't you just have someone else like your foreman or like, an executive go out there be the one to go out when he said that i was like i want to hear from those those people <laughs> that are people. under him right i want to hear from them to see what kind of boss was he what was his attitude how right. did he react in certain situations maybe he felt like they weren't good enough to do it or figure it out or something like i'm like bro why couldn't you just you can still be at home making money you could just have someone else go out there and trust your staff to do exactly. what they need to do like oh. i'm like that was not that was kind of uh I felt like that was a, a sympathy. He wanted pitch. sympathy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that didn't bother me at all. And I'm like, bro, there are so many people. First of all, you out. There are so many people in jail who actually are innocent in jail, but because they don't have the money for bail, they can't be out like you are. But I'm like, okay, whatever. Uh, I know because that was like $150,000 bond. I know it's a, it's a percentage though, right? Well, did it say bond or bail? Did he bond, because they're B O N D. Oh yeah, so it's like a percentage of it. Still, yeah. <laughs> sorry, one hundred and fifty thousand. Let's say it's a ten percent. That's still fifteen thousand, right? Yeah, I mean, I, again, he had the money to do it. I would be period. right in jail, sir. I don't have money for bond. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to stay here. Until... That's what I'm saying. There are so many people in jail who can't mount a decent defense because they're in jail, right? Yeah. And they are at the whim of the jail of when their lawyer can meet with them, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They only have limited time in which they can take phone calls to talk to their legal defense. So, I mean, I, I get it, but that didn't sway me one It didn't way, do anything for me either. The other. Okay. Because, yeah, because when he wrote that, I was like, can't get a job. I was like, why? The fuck? Right. And then he started saying it and I had 12 people under me and I had to let them go because I couldn't like, go out of state. And I was like, I mean, you well, I'm going to talk to these 12 people. 
yeah. But then he's anyway. talking about he's fixing the house. Exactly. And I'm like, I don't see nothing fixed here, sir. Because he was cutting, <laughs> looked like he was about to do tinted windows in the like in the deck thing, <laughs> but nothing happened with the paper. He <laughs> cut the paper and left. Are it you there. are you are you assuming, ma'am, that maybe he didn't get the job because he wasn't that great of a contractor? I'm just saying. Wow. Wow, the man said he could get a job because he could not leave the state because of the restrictions that this case bidding. had him on. But I'm pretty All sure right. you were still doing jobs when that happened. You had some Hello. jobs already working. Come on, sir. Hello. All right. So then we, the lawyer talks to Stephen, but he also talks about the victim statement. And the victim statement was that Stephen was driving, driving erratically, weaving in and out of traffic, and he came within six inches of striking his wife's motorcycle, which mm -hmm. I guess perpetuated him coming to the side and attempted to have a conversation with him. Now, whether he was angry or not, we, that's something that's, that Debatable. was contested, right? Now, when when the thing that irritated me about this is that when he asked him, the lawyer asked Stephen, did that happen? You know, were you driving erratically, weaving in and out of traffic? And did you come within six inches of striking the wife? He didn't say no. Stephen said, uh, I I don't, I don't recall remember. that. Yeah. And like, bro, you don't recall that. But then you can go and give all these details about when the motorcycle went into which lane in mm -hmm. front of you. Then when the other one came, which lane you swerved into in order to avoid the, the, the thing, the, the motorcycle. Then you can tell me when exactly what time of the day you went to the stop sign. But you don't remember whether or not you were weaving in and out of traffic. And he remembers for how long they chased them. Because when they exactly. when the lawyer asked him that, he said... I don't remember. I may have done it, but the victims were chasing my truck for over a mile. <laughs> over a mile. <laughs> so you remember that they chased you for over a mile, but you couldn't remember if you were exactly doing what the man said. Come on, sir. And mind you, they're on motorcycles, bro. You're in an F-350, F-150. You didn't say they had a gun or they waved anything at mm -hmm. you or was throwing anything at you. I'm like, bro, come on now. Now you just sound like, you sound like some bullshit, but yeah, Anyhow. throughout the entire episode, it sounded like he just wanted sympathy. I know. Yeah, it kind of, it, yeah, kind of, he really rubbed me, this episode rubbed me the wrong way. A, because it has to stand your ground. B, it's the typical person who thinks they're entitled to do whatever they want when they want. Mm -hmm. And it, he just, it, he exuded that. Whether it was intentionally or unintentionally, that's just what he gave me. And I only can go by what he gave me. And so then what he says, he remember the, them chasing him, the weaving in and out, blah, 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 la, la, la. And then he says, he feels that he had, when when the guy came to his side, his his door, he felt that there was a full on attack on him, right? With the, the, the motorcyclist behind him. And so he reached for his pistol. pistol. He said he heard a bang. On his left side, he turned around, the door swung open, and he turned and he shot. Right. And he's and <laughs> and so when he's giving this ep when he's giving this story, then he he does this with his hands, shaking his hands. It's like it gets so intense. I couldn't talk, I can't talk about it. Then he started rubbing his face, rubbing his face, and then rubbing his eyes. And then I texted Denise. I was like, mm, I ain't see any crying. Did you? <laughs> what did you say? He was trying to rub his face just so his because you know when you rub your face and make it irritates like your your eyes. So he was just trying to rub his face so it could irritate his eyes so he could he could cry, but no tears. No, you out. said you said it looked like he was trying to get a mosquito away. Oh no, I said he got bit by a mosquito. 
Because <laughs> he was, it looked like he was just itching, like he was just scratching. Oh my god! Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I feel um, bad talking about the man, but <laughs> yeah, whatever. Okay, okay. So now, part of his, part of his story. I guess we can go to the story before we talk about kind of what the defense was looking at and evidence and things that that nature. So apparently, from his perspective, here's where I guess not. I guess this is sympathetic. So. At the time that he was charged, sometime thereafter, he became aware that he developed some kind of cancer. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so the doctors told him that it was inoperable and then that he had less than 12 months Mm -hmm. from that diagnosis, right? And so from his perspective, what he says is, is that at this particular point, this is about clearing his name. He wants to die knowing that his name is cleared and that he's not accused of attempted murder or convicted of attempted murder. And so one of the things that the lawyer takes on is that he tells the lawyer essentially that I want you to do everything that you can to ensure that you clear my name. And so the lawyer takes that that burden on and feels that he's obligated to honor and respect that particular request. So yeah. Yep. I remember the first time I saw this, his sister came down, but I don't remember looking at it. This did she was she on this yeah, episode? Yeah, she came here? down from Atlanta. Uh-huh. She came down oh, from Atlanta. Even- I think I just, I think I was doing something else behind the scene because yeah. I saw the episode before and it kind of irritated me. So I didn't really take notes. And then when I was taking notes for it, I kind of skipped past that. All right. <laughs> All right. So you want to talk a little bit about the defense reviewing some of the evidence that the, that was available to them? So, yeah, so they reviewed, well, first they were looking at the witnesses at the scene. And like you mentioned at the beginning, there was a gentleman that was also riding a motorcycle. He was not part of the crew of the of the gentleman that got injured or the wife that had the the incident with Mr. Tripp, but he had joined them because he was also traveling. And he's the one that mentions that Mr. Tripp was just, what was it? He was effing nuts. And that right. he was basically pointing that gun to whoever got close to his truck. Uh, so they reviewed that body cam video. They also review a body cam video of Samantha Salas, which claims that she did see Mr. Tripp shoot the victim twice. And apparently what she saw was the victim approaches the car. He gets shot in the arm, falls on the ground. And then Mr. Tripp fires the second shot while the person is on the ground. And so... As they're going through these videos, they, you know, start looking for information on those witnesses. And it seems like the vehicle where Samantha was in was actually four cars behind the truck and behind the the motorcyclist. And they technically didn't make it because remember, they were at a stop sign. So her vehicle that she was riding with her husband didn't technically make a stop until two seconds after Mr. Tripp had already shot the gentleman. So they're trying to discredit that witness. Right. And then remember, they also see the video from the body cam of the witness, Peter Perrito, who was, who was riding on, on the motorcycle. He, he was riding on the motorcycle, but he was not with that group. And right, that's the one so, you, the, that you mentioned at the beginning. Yeah. And so when, when they, when they, the defense is viewing the, the body cam, they see his, his 
statement to the police. And so the biker says, look, I'm not part of this group. But he says that the biker got out and yelled at Stephen. And then Stephen turned around and shot him. Right. And right. he says that he, the witness, walked up to Stephen, the truck. And then Stephen pointed his gun at him. And the guy was like, bro, I'm not with them. I'm just trying to help out. And so what he says is the guy with the gun was fucking nuts. He seemed that he was ready to blast anyone. Anyone. And yeah. And so when the when the defense lawyers heard that, what they said was, oh, that's a problem because they make it seem as if he just wow. And and the guy seemed very convinced. The guy being the witness mm -hmm. seems very convinced about what he saw and his interpretation of the events at that particular time. Yep. Right. All right. And then one of the things that Samantha indicates, I think you said this, but the, the point that the lawyers wanted to the point that the lawyers emphasized that was harmful for their particular cases, that Samantha says that he shot him, but then the man fell. And so then he came back out, he, Ben Steven, and shot him again. And so that made it appear that this wasn't about staying your ground, but these were two deliberate shots aimed at this particular individual. And I think the lawyers actually used the term execution style, that it was right. a tip execution, yeah, which was going to be an issue for that particular case if that testimony were to come out. Mm -hmm. All right. And then sometime thereafter, the, the lawyers receive, and we don't get to see this, which I thought would have been beneficial for the episode, but you know, whatever they, they get photos of the injuries of the actual victim. Oh yeah. And, and then the lawyer says that literally there's just a stump where the left leg used to be because of the shot. And then part of his right foot is amputated because apparently when the bullet entered him, it ricocheted. Um, and impact other organs and cause gangrene, which require them to then amputate part of the right foot as well. So this mm -hmm. guy appeared to be someone who's very interested in motorcycles, can no longer enjoy that aspect riding. of riding motorcycles. Yeah. yeah. All right. So then you, 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 we talked a little bit about that, but what is the defense strategy? What did you understand the defense strategy to be with respect to how to attack this? We know that we have... The witnesses we have peter we have the samantha salas there is some cctv footage that that's shown and then yeah so what did you what did you understand the defense strategy to be credibility yeah so be, what the defense in the <laughs> what the defense indicated was that this is a case that that turns on the credibility of the witness if you believe any of the witnesses then therefore the stand your ground defense is out. If you believe Stephen, then the standard ground defense stands. Now, remember in episode 66, when we talked about the, I forgot his name. What was his name? The one who was trying to protect the girl, but she really didn't need no protection. Wasn't it Brian? Yeah, Brian. Remember when we talked about that, we talked about Brian's past situation where he had the home invasion. Mm -hmm. And so in this particular case, we have similar evidence that unfolds yes. as it relates to the defendant, Stephen. Was that In 1994, he was a victim of armed robbery. He was with his ex-wife at a gas station, had gone inside, came outside. A, a man came from behind the car, held him at gunpoint. Apparently, there was another guy as well. And they shot at him and he got hit twice. Right. But I thought it was interesting. One thing that he told in his story was that when the guy came behind him. He shot at him. Right. He reached down into his own pocket and just blindly. 
<laughs> and just blindly shot That's him. That's exactly what he did. <laughs> blindly shot him. Oh, the right shoulder, right? So it's evident that this is a guy who carries his gun for whatever yep. reason, right? It's evident that this is a guy who's not afraid to use the gun, right? Yep. And and so part of the strategy from the defense is if we can link these things in the sense of, yes, they happen years apart, but they're so similar in nature that because this happened to him in 1994, you have to then place your 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 perspective in mind of him in, in 2019 when he is attack similarly it may not have been a gun put beside his head but he has two individuals coming to his side on motorcycles without any weapons but mm -hmm. who is presenting a threat to him and so his natural reaction is to fight rather than flight right that's or not flight. even fighting i'm just saying that's that's to me fighting would be like they, they he sees the man coming in oh okay you you want to fight let's go ahead and fight it but to me that's not even fighting that's just being a coward but that's just my opinion all right so yeah so they they want to bring that into the trial as well so now we we didn't talk about the cctv footage but apparently there was like a walgreens or a cbs or some store their cctv actually captured some okay. of the events as they oh unfolded and that included the point of time where the victims motorcycle stopped and he got off and went to the door now the cctv footage does show that the door was open in some form of fashion but we don't get to see who did it right we don't see if it was yanked open by the victim or if it was yanked over by the defendant who then came out and shot but what we do see i think the video footage shows is that when the when the victim goes to the door and the door opens, we immediately see the victim fall. Because right. I f felt like the shot happened and he fell, right? Did you see that? I, or I was agree. Okay. No, I agree. That's exactly what I saw. To me, it looked like like the man approached him and did hit the, like he he did hit the, the truck. But mm -hmm. to me, it looked like Steven opened the door like to scare him, like to just, but yeah. then I started thinking, he opened the door to shot to shoot at him and then immediately closed it. So that's yeah. what it looked to me. Yeah. I and and I know the lawyers felt like it was evidence substantiating the fact that it was the victim who yanked over the door, but I don't think it necessarily showed that. I think no. that, that that evidence was inconclusive in that particular stance. We do know the door opened, what we don't know is who opened it, right? Now he they do... of, who was our girl, the attorney? The uh, remember that episode that she did the reenactment and she's like, that's, that's it, it, that's it, that's it, that's it, Woody, that's it. I forgot um, her name. Ben Brandis. Brandis, yep, yep. That's yeah. what it reminded me of. That's like, it, sir. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they do do a reenactment and they try to have them reenacted. And so basically, they go through the stance of if it is the defendant who opens the door, he made it seem like. He really didn't open the door. Oh, he couldn't <laughs> right, open up like... that fast. Yeah. And then and the lawyer it, was like, uh, no. Yeah, no. that it that couldn't, couldn't happen have that, happened way, that way. It must have been the victim who yanked it. I was like, bro, come on now. Y'all just making this bullshit. You up. just made it up, <laughs> right? Like you just made it so it could seem that it's it's supporting your case. Yeah. So anyhow, that's kind of where we are. And so ultimately we go through this process and the lawyer decides to file a stand your ground defense motion, right? And the motion is to say that Stephen is immune from prosecution 
under the stand your ground statute. All right. You want to talk a little bit about that? He also mentioned that he was going to add to that his condition. Didn't he say that? Or did, did I just imagine that? Wait, he said what? Didn't he say that he was going to file that, but that he was also going to add his medical condition? Oh, I didn't hear that. I feel like I heard that. And I think that's why I'm so upset with the outcome. No, what I heard him say is if he does not win this motion at that file, it, he's not going to be here in order to go to trial is what I heard. No, I, 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 when he was saying that he was going to file the motion for whatever immunity and dismissal, Mm -hmm. I think he said that he was also going to add his condition. Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I didn't pay attention to that. Which is why it upset me the outcome, because to me, it felt like they took the condition into consideration rather than the facts. Well, like you mentioned, he files this, and so they meet with the judge, yep, so the have, judge can consider it. Yeah, Go so ahead. they have a they have a three day trial, and the trial is as if they're going to trial, but instead of there being a jury, it's all to the judge. And the point is, is for the judge to hear the evidence to determine whether or not um, immunity exists. And immunity means that you cannot bring a case against me because legally a case can't be brought against me. Right. Okay. So you think about that. A lot of times people think about immunity from the sense of there are foreign diplomats, for instance, foreign, foreign diplomats enjoy the concept of immunity. Right. And so in some regards, let's say hypothetically speaking that a foreign diplomat comes is here in the United States and hits someone and kills them. Right. Because they are a foreign diplomat, the immunity precludes the prosecution of that individual, right? So that's kind of what it is. It basically says that I have a cloak over me that you can't penetrate, and that no penetration is that you can't bring any case against me, okay? All right, sorry. Now, Ain't that the same like if I I know you did something and I talk about it, I can get immunity and not get charged? Not the same thing, because that requires that is a prosecutorial discretion. So that means that if I feel like if I'm a prosecutor and I feel like the real person who I really want to get, that's who I want. I don't want you. Right. Let's take it out of uh, a a murder. Let's take it into drugs. Right. Mm -hmm. Let's say that I sold drugs, but you are really the big drug dealer like you the you the head honcho oh no no no, no. the other no, way no no You're let me the... finish okay no 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 you are no because exactly. i know that i know that they're, they're not gonna so give me they, no immunity i'm gonna be then, no, and then so then they say look you're a small drug dealer it's illegal but listen i don't really want to i want her because right she's bringing this she's flooding our, our our streets with this shit so here's what i'm gonna do if you agree to testify <laughs> on, the, on the state's behalf i would give you immunity right yes so that's that's the prosecution again this goes back to the point you need to know who you voting into these positions because they have a lot of power yes so that's what that is so it's almost the same thing but just from a different perspective it's, it's not basically the judge what i said but you you no, just because put you, me you just put me as the big person when i was trying to put you as the big person I no mean, is that the same now. thing because the the difference truly is in this instance when you are when you first of all for foreign immunity is solely different there are statutes for that right yeah that's just statute from the judge's perspective it's it's still a trial right we're doing a trial on the marriage to determine whether or not you can you can satisfy 
the elements and conditions of immunity. From the prosecutorial standpoint, remember, there isn't a trial. It's just me as the prosecutor saying, look, you have valuable information and I'm going to reward you for that valuable information. So I'm not going to prosecute you. So gotcha. yes, the end result is the same, but the mannerism in which you get to all three are different. Yes. Sir. Damn, I'm, woo, I'm educated. Woo. <laughs> woo. All right, go ahead. Sorry. All right. <laughs> so we go to a three day trial as if you are there. They bring in the witnesses. There's Samantha Salas. We don't get to see Peter, which I'm very annoyed by that they didn't call. Or maybe we just didn't see Peter him. was not going to help. Yeah, but the prosecution should have brought Peter. The prosecution felt that with Samantha, they were good. Anyway, they should have bought, brought Peter because what that, 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 what that what that brought is is it showed at that time that excited utterance from from the defendant in regards to him waving wildly, right? His gun as if he's about to kill anyone or shoot anyone. And remember, that goes to the whole prosecution's mm -hmm. cross-examination of the defendant. I agree. I agree like, with you. They, they should have they should have brought him. Because they discredited Samantha in in the in that trial. So I mean, I don't know if they technically discredit her. I think maybe it caused a shadow of doubt. But yeah. But everyone heard two shots. We saw on the we saw on the CTV video the man immediately went down. We also right. saw on the CCTV video after he went down that door opened again. But you're forgetting something, sir. The CCTV was not going to be introduced into evidence because it was not going to help them because you couldn't tell who was opening that door. So you're what you're talking about now is based on what you know because you've watched the episodes. No, but the prosecution could have brought that in because that substantiates that is consistent with the the elements and the the events as unfolded and told by Samantha. Samantha says that the guy went to the door, right? And yelled, right? We have two people who say that the the motorcyclist mm -hmm. went to the door and yelled. Mm -hmm. He the door opened he shot, then they said he went immediately to the floor, and then there was another shot. That CT, and, and CCTV, Samantha. Samantha, that's what she said. Samantha, I'm, I, I'm, I'm act, acting like you're Samantha, and you're telling me that your vehicle was there when you saw this. Yes, I saw it. Okay, and here I have evidence that shows that your vehicle did not do a stop until that man had already been shot once. Okay. And here's my response to you. Okay. No, no, that, no. Respond no, no, to me finish. like Samantha did. I'm, I'm, I, I am. That very well may be true, but that doesn't mean that he didn't open the door and shoot him again while he was that's on the ground. That's what she said. Well, that's what she should have said because that was her story. She should have said her story and stuck to it. I don't care she what said, time I got there. She the saw actor, him get shot. He fell to the ground. That door opened again. She shot him while he was on the ground. I'm saying my story. I'm sticking to it. That's why I saw it. Ain't nothing you're going to say that's going to get me from that. She kind of said, no, you know, that's that's what I saw. But still, when he asked her, how can you explain that? She's like, I don't know, but but I saw it. That's what I saw. But yes. Still. And, 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 here's, and here's the other thing, sir. I have never seen anyone get shot in my life. I definitely never seen anyone get shot in the middle of the daylight on a crowded highway. I didn't expect to be, I was expected to go to the beach to enjoy time with my husband, <laughs> not to see someone get shot and murdered, almost a murder in front of me. 
So mm -hmm. maybe I don't have the exact times down, sir. But what I can tell you is, is that I saw the man go down. I saw the door open. And I heard another shot. And so I'm telling you, and that's why I called and said there was two to three shots. By the way, that's not what she said. But yes, that's what she should have said. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> bro, like. Yeah. The, the, in, but in, in a CC way, like. If I was the jury, if they really would have gone to the jury, I probably would have been like, oh, Samantha, did you really see it? Because him introducing that, showing that her car wasn't even there when it actually happened, leads because then he told her, weren't you consoling the victim's wife? And so she even mentions her by name, which to me as a jury, I would have been like, how do you, do you know her? Because you're calling her by her first name, not even her last name. Like you literally yes, called her but, by the first name. But she was actually trying to be a good Samaritan. And, and I get obviously that. trying to calm this girl down. And so <laughs> naturally, we don't know what her background is, but it looked like she might be a nurse. Okay. <laughs> oh my me, God. Now he's making, me, he's giving me, these people titles. She gave me nurse vibes, right? But it definitely could have been that that was her way of, I'm with you. I know this is I know this is traumatic. What is your name? Let's talk through this. You're gonna be okay. So but we don't know this. I this mean, was but, not know. presented to us. I'm going by what the show is giving me as facts. So she's already mentioning this lady by first name. And so he tells her, the lawyer is like, Do you think that maybe these facts that you're mentioning you could have just gotten from all these stories that you've heard, you know, at, at the incident or at the accident. And that's when she said, no, she said no. Yeah. And here's what no. I would say. And here's what I would have said. Absolutely not. I know what I saw. I have never experienced a situation like this. This is a situation <laughs> that I would never forget. And you know what? I don't even remember his name. What's his name? David. What's his name? Mr. McMillan. You know what? Mr. McMillan, Larry. I, go to, I go to sleep at night envisioning these shots thinking that it's going to be me so yes i do know <laughs> what i saw again this is nothing you're going to say <laughs> that's going to move me off of this you know what i mean that's <laughs> stick I'm just with saying it stick with your story people his 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 uh what's the word his his Cross plan was to discredit the the you know their credibility yeah, and job. with her he did just with her he did okay, because i so didn't what feel about he victim? did it Okay, so okay, so, so talk victim, about what victim, he did. So the victim is called. Mm -hmm. The victim gives his side of the story. He says, you know, the prosecution asks her questions, blah blah blah. So on cross examination, the first thing he asks him is, Well, aren't you a convicted felon? Yes. <laughs> now that's relevant because right. the right. the way the law the law goes is that if you have a felony, a certain type of felony, you can bring that in because that discredits you automatically because you don't follow the law. Right? right. And so he said, well, how many do you have? And the guy was like, I think three, if I remember. Three. He was like, well, isn't it four? He said it <laughs> could have so, been four. <laughs> it could have been four. And so then he asked him, were you angry? Because you said that he was getting close to your wife. When you went up to that door, were you angry? And the guy, now I didn't believe the guy on this part, but the victim was like, no, I wasn't angry. I was concerned. And I'm like, mm -hmm. no, if that was me, I would have said to him, yes, I was very angry. I was angry because this guy was riding erratically 
and we are on motorcycles. He's in an F-350, which he can almost hit my wife. Us. Exactly. And he almost hit my wife. That is the most important person in my life at this particular time. So, yes, I was angry. I was going to that car so I could ask him and confront him about his improper driving. So, yes, I was angry. But what I didn't have was any kind of weapon. What I didn't do is threaten him. What I didn't do is break his window. The fuck? Right. right. And, and I agree. <laughs> I agree that... He should have said, yes, I was angry because, yeah, yeah, you may have been concerned because he almost hit her. But you were angry because that happened, too. But to me, if again, I'm putting myself as part of the jury, I still would not have felt like he was lying because the the, the fact that he admitted to being a felon and having those I mean, felon no charges. Choice. But still, to me, I could have said, mm, I don't know. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but he, he's not going to do that. Why would you do that when you know? Obviously, you don't know he what he was going to do or not. He asked the question because he knew that was coming in. And the prosecution, pro, the prosecutor already knew that was coming in. And they already prepped him on that. So there was no reason for him to lie. So the fact that he admitted to being a felon, that doesn't sway me one way or the other. The fact that he is a, swell, a felon. admitted to not following the, the to what is it, excessively... What is it the the thing he that he was he was racing on the freeway racing racing so to me the fact that he's admitting to all this the fact that he said concern over angry didn't make much of a difference to me but you know what the you know why the racing on the freeway matters if you're racing on the freeway that means that you are being reckless and careless about other individuals around you but he said he's so done if it you, I'm let me tell you why that's important for the defense. It's important okay. for the defense because that. Oh no! Obviously, that, it is. Right. It indicates that this guy there. There's no reason that he was concerned because he's used to this. This is what he does, right? He races. Right. He's he's he is a vigilante in the sense of he just does whatever he wants in the streets, disregarding the speed limits and things of that nature. So this situation was not a situation where he was concerned. He was actually trying right. to do harm to my client. And he and you know him admitting to that could also be he's the one who caused all this. He was probably the one that was racing with the wife. They exactly. were probably the ones weaving in and out of you know exactly. traffic, etc. Exactly. But still, to me, even with everything that was presented, I don't. I still don't agree with the outcome. Okay, so you keep saying that you said that like eighteen times. What was the outcome, ma'am? So they they granted the immunity and the dismissal. So he's free to go. He was free to go, but he passed away. Mm -hmm. I think January 31st, 2022. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, So this year, yeah, he passed away. So he passed away with his good name. Mm -hmm. Cleared. Cleared that he was not, he did not attempt to murder the victim. I never kept the victim's name. Do you know what I did? I wrote it somewhere because his name was. Oh, John Indelicato. All right. All right. So, ladies and gentlemen, that is episode 68. Episode 68, road rage shooting or stand your ground. My point of view is that every state that has stand your ground should get the fuck out of here and move those laws from, remove those laws from the book. All right. So, I am joined by Denise. Denise, you want to say anything to the people? As always, it's been a pleasure. I mean, Thank you for having nine? me. Is that the only nine you ever going to do? All right. So so you get mad and then boot me out of the show. It's well, always a pleasure. Well, maybe what you should do is maybe you should say something in Spanish or something. Anyway, 
You can. Ha sido un placer. What does that mean? The same. It's a the pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You can reach us on Facebook at, at Peeps Creek Cafe. I never got mad. You unfollowed me on Sorry. Instagram. Move do, it on. Do I need to bring my child in on, here? <laughs> you can reach us on IG, Twitter, and Twitch at Peeps Creek. You can get us on YouTube at Peeps Creek Cafe. Excuse me, Peeps Creek Podcast. You can get us on the website, www.peepscreek.com. You can get all of the videos, all of the audios, as well as all of the transcriptions. You can send us an email if you don't agree with us. Maybe you do agree with us. Maybe you think you can suggest something better that we can talk about how we discuss these cases. Perfectly fine. No harm, no foul. At cafe at peepscreek.com. And all of the links and everything else that you need to get to us here at cafe.peepscreek.com backslash link. All right. So until next time, make sure that you continue to drink, listen, and convert. Ooh, look at that. Peace and love. Be nice with your comments because this is our opinion and we have a right to our opinion. So yes, leave us comments, but be nice, please. Be kind. <sighs> listen. I can't, I can't let go of that. <laughs> Whether you look at it and have negative comments or good comments, they are comments. I invite them all. All yes, right. Yes, sure. All right. All right. Well, peace out. Thank you.